Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 315 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Deja Vu, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder bar for this episode, we have Commander Adel Weiss, or Ben Moss Woodward. We're back! We're alive! We've made it! Yay! Commander Shan? Hello. Ben, in the first introduction, your hello sounded remarkably like one of the Teddy Tubbies that's now on screen. Ayo! The ever delightful and inflatable Mac Winston. Hello. And who else do we have? We have the dashing Commander Ventura on tech. He's here. Trust me, he's here. Uh, and hello. Uh, Newell Turner. Is Newell Turner with us? I am here. We should have a Chris Mark Ford somewhere. Excellent, yes. Our fourth iteration of Chris. We're getting there. We're getting there. One of these days, we'll just we'll crack the formula. Um, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out somewhere in the video game. Where are we? I am currently in... I've, I've been a very naughty boy, and I'm in a coal sack. <laughs> We're in the coal sack. Um, I, I am literally in the coal sack. I'm at the geological survey. Lovely. At the moment. So, yeah. Um, if you can't get to the Colsack, you can join us on our Twitch channel, which uh, you can find at laveradio.com forward slash live and um, twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Um, ben, whereabouts in the Colsack are you and what are your planetary coordinates? Because I'm sure there are lots of commanders in open who'd like to come say hello to you. I am currently at Miska Dark Region, Papa Juliet dash Papa. Bravo 6-1, and I am at 11.8630 degrees north by minus 138.011 degrees west. I'm not offering a reward this time. If, if you blow Ben up, it is for your own warm, fuzzy feels. Uh, last time I offered a reward for blowing Ben up, it, it was very expensive and quite a lot of hassle. Uh, but that's where he is, so there's a, little, um, there's a little community goal for us. Go blow up Ben. But I'm driving around my SRV, and so you're only allowed to shoot me if you're firing plasma accelerators from your mothership. Or, or cannons. No, nothing hit scan. Yeah, nothing hit scan, and, you know, and fixed weapons only. Hmm. Um, uh, and obviously fixed boring. weapons. Hang on, Ben. Grand Theft Auto would be no fun if they didn't allow you to use tanks and. 50 cows and oh, yes. all that sort of stuff. So you can't say, oh, I'll play Grand Theft Auto with you, but you're only allowed to use pistols. I don't know. I think it's more fun. Stipulating that things after that no hit scan weapons is, is, more, is more entertaining for Splat the Rat, I think, which is uh, the name given to the game of shoot the SRV from your ship. Yeah. And the whole point of this is can you shoot an SRV from your, from your ship using a plasma accelerator, if I remember? Shan's just, uh, Shan's just a crap shot. Well, he is trying to back out rather remarkably quickly. <laughs> uh, how the hell have you all been this week? Uh, Shan, let's start with you. How, how's your week been? It's been quite busy, really. We've had uh, all sorts of uh, fun and games with the, uh, with the imminent lockdown. Um, we had the, my parents and Mr. Shan's parents and sons over to have our sort of family Christmas because we might not be having a Christmas. So... We, we had we had one of those. Um, I haven't really played much Elite, really. I've been out to a couple of the sites for the uh, event, which we'll come on to later. Um, but I brought a gate. I brought Control in the Steam sale, which I'm enjoying quite a lot because it's been a while since I've had a single player game, and 
the story is quite gripping in it. So yeah, I'm really liking Control at the moment. Is this Legions or whatever it is? Is that Control? Or is that something else I'm thinking of? No, sorry, I'm thinking Watch Dogs, sorry, not Control. Uh, yeah, it's the it's the video the game that came out a couple of years ago about a, somebody with telekinetic powers, I think. Is yeah. that right, Shane? I mean, it is, yeah. 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 Uh, ben, what have you been up to this week? Um, like Shan, actually, kind of preparing a wee bitty for yet more lockdown. Um, I was debating, shall I risk going for a haircut? And then I decided, sod it. Who am I trying to impress? And the answer was nobody. Um, so, what about your... Will your strength not disappear if you allow your hair to be cut? My strength would probably increase if I cut my hair, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think Ben is the anti-Samson. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't cut my hair since March. It's glorious. I'll tell you what, growing your hair is just the most... It is, it's just it's just the gift that keeps giving. It's so much fun. <laughs> now you're rubbing it in. It hasn't grown any for months. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not like a certain commander psycho cow who tries to grow a beard and well no, actually i can't grow a good beard either so i can't i can't well, he's he succeeded in growing a beard it's uh, i mean it's a bit salt and pepper but it's pretty um it's pretty raffish i no, thought it, it's, are, it's, are you it's sure it's a salt. beard are you sure it's a real it's beard not like a stick on one die. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you don't think it's a beard? you think it, you think it might be one of those fungal molds <laughs> one, <laughs> one of those bacterial <laughs> colonies it's a stick on beard He's, he's, he's been to the barbers, had a quick trim, and said, oh, would, would you mind um, giving me the clippings so I can put one of the beer? <laughs> Lovely. Uh, okay, who else has performed basic bodily ablutions in the last week? Uh, Matt we has don't want been. to know what they are. My, <laughs> my, my week has been uh, phenomenal. I've I got a new game. I Well, actually, no, I got it two weeks ago. I derailed Val- Valley. Now, Think Elite Dangerous Delivery Missions on rails. And anyway, it's a train They game. are, aren't they? Well, no, you fly a spaceship. This time you yeah, drive They're on rails, aren't they? They're on rails. So. We get it, Shan. We get it. It was crap. Yeah. Sorry about that. Quite whiskey, really. Right. Anyway, so it's, 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 but it's actually non-VR as well, but it's primarily designed for VR. Um, and it does the whole sit. It, it transitions very nicely from the whole driving trains to walking around bit as well. So hmm. it can be done. Um, although the way I did it had the caveat: it says, "Watch out! This is nausea-inducing if you do it like this." And then when I asked for the next bit, which was smooth turning with the control, it said, "Watch out! This is really nausea-inducing." But I have the heart and stomach of a concrete elephant, so it, it's it's all right for me. But it, it's kind of cool because it's they've done a, a lot of work with the physics. So the trains and like things like the the freight wagons or what have you. Um, I mean, it's called Derail Valley because if you drive wrong, you can derail quite spectacularly. But it's like the 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 springs on like the bogies of the locomotives and cars and what have you. Actually, uh, you can see they're modelled three D springs, and the whole thing moves as it goes along the track. The whole thing, if you if you if you sort of get off your locomotive and watch them go by, you can see everything sort of moving and the suspension working and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 developed by a tiny company which is about they've got about six staff and i thought this it's it's really weird because the locomotives um look really north american but all the buildings look really kind of reminiscent of soviet buildings anyway it's the company that makes it's actually in um 
Oh, where, where's it? Out in the Balkans somewhere. So it is kind of they they are kind of from the former former like Soviet satellite state. So that probably explains the building style and everything being in kilometers an hour. But yeah, it, it's it's the the attention to all the physics and it's really nice and you can you can get out your train walk around and yeah you also have to do things like couple up your train it doesn't just happen automatically you have to get between the lyco and the um and and your freight Traders. wagon and attach the you you got like a typical the the the, the typical coupling system which is quite common around the world and then you've got to hook up the the air brake pipes and if you connect two locomotives together you got to put the multiple control uh, cable together and all that kind of stuff so is it open yeah. world can you can you deliver to can you just go between any of the i'm googling it now and it looks like there's loads of little towns on an open world yeah map. um and you can drive it but there are costs so you've really got to do the the jobs to be able to afford to run your trains yeah um, yeah but it's really yeah. good it looks really fun yeah. can you sabotage other people's trains no because it's single player <laughs> and but it, it, it does have uh it does have rail legs Yes, you can, yeah, you can get out and yeah. yeah. It looks like you can do quite a lot of derailing as well, which I'm quite intrigued. Yes, by. you what can. What about holding up trains? I have well, no, because it's the, the thing is it's single player and it's only your train and you control all the points as well. Yeah, you know, while you're driving along, you have a little radio to change the points as you approach them. Nice. That looks uh, really fun. So there's no AI trains. No AI. No no AI trains. Oh. And the, and the whole thing's it's a bit like the West Highland extension line. It's all mm. steep gradients and tight curves, so it's quite interesting tr- terrain to go through. So you you have to be careful with the the throttle and the brake and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's good fun. Interesting. Uh, and anyway, in the in the real world, I've been to Space Russia. I mean, in Elite Dangerous, I've been to Space Russia uh, because I'm shamefully going to Yuri Grom's power play stuff. For the sole reason of getting Grom bombs, that's all I care about. So I'm doing the four weeks with uh, Yuri Grom. So yeah, everybody finally, else. I, I finally had to do the the uh, power play stuff to get enough merit. So yeah, I'm I'm currently in space, Russia, and right now doing that. Um, nice. I've been pledged to uh, Petraeus for the last couple of years um, because I joined a I joined a Petraeus supporting player group. Um, yeah, and uh, and it was really fun, and I've enjoyed it, but. Uh, but I think actually my my heart is with Arissa, so I think I'm going to unpledge and <laughs> pledge back to Arissa. I, I was wondering, does this mean you're now hunting down uh, refugees, things like that? Uh, well, no. I mean, the, the, the group don't actually do a lot with Petraeus. They they um, they nominally support Petraeus, and they are so it's designed to fit into Petraeus's power play goals. So they don't actually they don't actually do much for Petraeus directly, but they are a government type. the The BGS faction is a government type that supports Petraeus, and they're mm. they're designed to be a key plank of his of his BGS architecture. See, um, see, we're, see, we're kind of the other thing because we're a government type. The EIC is a government type that is Petraeus doesn't really want, but we're we're continuously horse trading with the Petraeus guys to. Um, so we don't step on each other's feet. There's there's quite a lot of detailed sort of interactions going on behind the scenes and all this power play stuff when you get into it. Mm, indeed. We used to we used to support um oh crap. I've just tried to dock without docking permission. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you don't do radio streams whilst you're talking. <laughs> well, I have, what have I been doing this week? Uh, my week has been quite busy. I've broken the back of it uh, today, though, so the rest of my week should be less busy. 
but uh, I um, had a my regular D and D game with uh, the Parallel Worlds guys on Thursday, and then with a few other friends on Friday. Um, so I've gone from never playing, having never having played D and D before in my life, to playing it quite a lot. So that's been quite fun. And then the Suvat and I went out for a burger on Saturday night. She had an inkling that uh, lockdown was coming, but this this time she was this time she was correct, as was. Uh, so we we had a burger and that was fun. And then uh, apart from that, I haven't really done much. Uh, this so what week. was the I've, burger then, Sue? It was uh, it was a regular posh beef with brioche bun and avocado and bacon, and it was very very tasty. And it was at a pub near our flat. It was very good. And we had the These same millennial what, what, with their avocados. I don't know. Yeah, precisely that. Yeah. So was what was it? Quite a succulent burger because recently the burgers I've had have been quite dry. I'm, I'm like sorry to hear that. To make it. it has. It was quite succulent. It was probably the best burger I've had for. I'm going to go out there and say two years. I don't remember having had a better burger for uh, for a long, long time. It really was very good. So ketchup or no ketchup? Ketchup, it? but for the fries and occasional dipping of the burger. Don't you find that spoils relish? No, no, I don't. And that's fine because we live in a pluralistic society and everybody's preferences are their own. That's cool. Uh, in-game, I have not been flying a spaceship at all. Um, I have. Uh, I, I bought a um, another uh, joystick earlier this year um, so that I could have twin sticks. And um, the the base for my second joystick had... Um, there was something slightly wrong with the cams, which is a word that people who buy joysticks will understand. Um, and it meant the resistances were much, much higher when I... Pulled it when I pulled the stick to the left or back, the resistance was much higher than if I pulled it to the right or forward, um, which is really weird. Um, and uh, Verpil um, finally fixed that this week, and they posted me out some uh, some new cams um, as as and they posted them out to everybody else who bought the thing as well and had complained about a similar issue. And now it works silky smooth, um, and uh, and I can't wait to go back to space with it. But I have not been to space this week because I've. Um, I've been absolutely um, immersed in Black Mesa, the fan-made remake of Half-Life, um, which I've been I've played for about six hours this week, uh, and it's just an it, it's it's totally totally brilliant. It's about seven or eight quid on Steam at the moment on sale, um, and it's a uh, it's it the graphics may not be absolutely bang up to twenty twenty standards, but they're probably like twenty sixteen standards. I'd have thought. Um, considerably better than Half-Life 2. The physics, they're, they've, they've, they've injected a few of the f- physics puzzles that were in Half-Life 2, so it feels a much more modern game. It's incredibly polished, um, and they've basically translated the, the original as perfectly as possible into modern standards. Um, and it, it's just, you know, it, in terms of first-person uh, video game experiences, it's, it's an absolute masterpiece. So, um, yeah, thoroughly recommend people go and pick up Black Mesa on Steam sale and uh, and give it a playthrough to remember why Half Life was such a flipping masterpiece. I've just got a question, Sue, about your burger. What sort of bread was on it? Brioche. I did say you weren't paying attention. Brioche. Yeah, it was ostensibly Wagyu as well, but I don't think it was Wagyu because it was only twelve quid or something. Um, and and Wagyu is supposed to be really really expensive, and it didn't take the beef didn't taste absolutely sort of transcendent it tasted just like tasty beef um so i don't think it was proper wagyu but yeah the beef the 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 bun was brioche um and i think it just had a slice of cheddar in there as well if i remember any more salient details about my burger i'll definitely let you know 
Oh, no, I'm just looking at the comments in, in chat about people working for hours and hours and hours not eating and things like that. So we, we obviously need to uh, raise expectations of our audience to make them feel even more hungry than they are, you see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that. Sorry, listeners, if I've made you terribly hungry. Um, no, you're not. Uh, Go uh, and eat a burger. It can recommend. It's really good whilst time. we're talking about burgers, uh, I was browsing Just Eat, I think, in the Just Eat room. And I saw a burger place that has 10 beef patties in the burger, plus cheese and everything else. I mean, this thing was about a foot high. That's frightening. But yeah, why, would you was... even, why would you even bother to make them into separate patties? Why not just, <laughs> why, why not just have a sphere of beef that you just awkwardly wedge between well, two bits? That's called a meatball, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, 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 don't, I don't really understand why you'd bother dividing it into patties if you're just going to put I 10. I can just see one of those kebab rotisseries with two bits of bread in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like a dot of kebab and a couple of bits of bread and then call it good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Development news. Uh, Elite Dangerous, that's a video game, um, and it gets oh, developed really? sometimes. Uh, what development news have we got? Who can, who can bring us up to speed on this? I think most of it will be covering, covering in the main topic, which is going to be the Halloween event. Yeah. Um, the only real non halloweeny stuff that's come out came from today's uh but i want to call this lunchtime stream even though it's at three o'clock which was a little bit more confirmation that dev diary 3 is being worked on it is lunchtime if you are in the mid-atlantic so maybe it's like a pirate radio station <laughs> and, they're, somewhere. and they're broadcasting it, is... from the mid-atlantic radio from a, from a, from a reclaimed whaling boat they're, 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 they're yes. broadcasting from a pirate tug. Uh, okay, cool. So the third Dev Diary is being worked on, so we have more confirmation yeah, of that. God, that sounds so desperate, doesn't it? We don't, we don't know when that's going to be. But how, how, how do they define worked on? Is it just they got like, a single line that says the third Dev Diary on a completely blank screen? or That could be worked on. <laughs> yeah. Being just... worked on could be bullet points of Dev Diary 3, question mark, question mark, question mark. Or it could indeed, I guess, be somebody actually you know, rendering it down and it'll be sneakily released this evening at nine o'clock. I reckon there's a, work, uh, a whiteboard somewhere in a, in a giant room in the bowels of Frontier headquarters that just says spaceship with a circle drawn around it from a, from a Sharpie. Spaceship! Spaceship! We're working on it. We're working on it. How far have you got? Oh, well, we've... Uh... Spaceship! <laughs> yeah, that sounds like normal. <laughs> Um, um, in-game well, events. What has happened this week? We've got some. We've had a brilliant week, haven't we? We've had an absolutely stonkingly brilliant week. Uh, I haven't been in game, so I haven't experienced any of it firsthand, which is a shame because it's been um, really thrilling. Um, so, Ben, can you I please? Another, I do have another conver- uh, confirmation for you, then, Suv. You mm. might not have been to it yet, but it will be here forever and ever and ever. And ever, and ever, until <laughs> turn the servers off. Yes, yeah, which is yes. good. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I think uh, the inestimable Wotherspoon and Beetlejude have uh, made a thing that summarizes it, which I ought to watch. They have made a thing. Watch later. Um, um, do we want well, to play we're that? going to be inclu- we're going to be including this now. Uh, do we want to get into the main topic of conversation? Because this this is our main topic. Uh, okay. Well. So. Cool. Our in-game event is the same as our um, 
as our main and, and, discussion. And oh, well, have have we mentioned that we have a special guest here? Do we have a special guest? Oh Jesus Christ! Um, while you're Elton, thinking- would you like to say hello to Suve? Well, I mean, if you don't think I'm special, that's fine. But you know. <laughs> oh, hello, Calton. Sorry, I didn't realise that you're a special guest. <laughs> not, not many do. Um, Calton has Canon next to his name in brackets, so I presume he's from Canon. Hooray! Welcome. <laughs> hello, all. Uh, Calton, what it's brings so you organized. here? <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm, I've been. <laughs> I, I, was, I was. What are you doing on my show? <laughs> Just, justify your existence. I don't know. I was so nice to Calton. I was like, you know, we'd love to get somebody from Canon on. And Sue's so just blackballing him. I was like, yeah, not talking to you, whatever. Who the I, hell I'm sorry, I, I, I wasn't paying attention. I was just going through the show notes and I didn't see, see Calton on there. I'm really oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> while, while we just sort of get ready to move on, um, we just have to uh, send our best wishes and prayers to Colin and his family at the moment. Yes, Colin has COVID, um, as does his family. Um, but they are... Um, but they're so fine. Far, so far, so good. They're symptomatic, but uh, but not in uh, not in huge amounts of discomfort thus far. Um, Colin appears to be doing reasonably well and keeps dipping his toe in uh, his head into the lave offices um, to let us know he's doing all right. So um, yeah, we we hope that he and his family make a swift and straightforward recovery. And of um, and, and the special note for me, I was told I can't have his stuff. Jesus Christ, Shan. No stuff for Shan. Um, right. I've put dibs in for Shan's Tesla. You've got to fight his children, though, and one of his children uh, plays with people and rides a horse for a living. Yeah, all his children are like military, scary no, people. That's a very good point. Yeah, and there's millions yeah. of them as well. Do you mean millions? There's, there's two. <laughs> I've, I've lost track of how many children of yours Yeah, but graduated. they're still... Yeah, they're still in P troop, about to become members of the SES and things. Like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, every every so, week it's like, oh, child well, twenty eight has just passed his level fifteen tuba exam, or child nineteen has just passed his level fourteen horse riding exam. Yeah, we're just we're just sick of it, Shan. Yeah. We're just sick of it. Yeah, this is the one where you, you get to you have your own with a sword and stab people legally. <laughs> one of them was six feet four and the other one is six feet three and a half yeah exactly so, so good luck ben fighting them for a tesla shan i've i've seen you what the hell can this say about genetics does he look is a lot he... like his avatar on discord no um this is then mrs shan is a tall one she's five feet okay. ten a bit, so. i mean this is quite amazing uh, so they've, they've inherited mrs shan's height uh um, yes yes well, what we wanted, you see, was when, when we were, when both of them were conceived, is um, we wanted Mrs. Shan's looks and my brains, and they got, and this that's is, what this, happened. This is this is sounding almost mid-century German kind of mentalities here. It sounds like uh, I've what, been playing a bit of Crusader order? Kings three. This sounds a lot like Crusader Kings three. <laughs> you you well, didn't you did order like what your, you you didn't put an order in for your kids then then. Oh, hang on, we've got a Thargoid about to come. Oh, nice. I think. I think we do. We've, we, I've just heard about a, a frameshift anomaly. Can you stream? Yeah, yeah it's streaming now. I am, I am streaming. Nice. Nice. Talk us through it. I don't know. I, I just heard, got a message about a frameshift anomaly. Mm. So I'm looking well, for it. While you're furtively being uh, hyperdicted, I will read out the message from a small furry rodent. 
please can we have a shout out for the IMU Discord for getting together and and doing EG has res mining for pay night and or combat support in wings. It's rather fun. Primary contact is Kate Balthazar in the IMU, the Intergalactic Mining Union, for that stuff. Very profitable too if you're one of those miners since she does mapped runs. Um, that sounds fun, doesn't it? Go and go and join the uh, Intergalactic Mining Union and uh, and make contact with Kate Balthazar and go mining in a mapped uh, res. That sounds great fun. Uh, thank you very much, a small furry rodent, for pointing that out. Uh, ben, are you I, dead I, yet? I, I see. No, I'm not. I see the Thargoid. It's quite far away from the base, actually. So I am scooting over to see it. But it might He's be... It might the gone. reward, Ben. The Thargoid come to... The reward, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the is tuning in. <laughs> it's like I don't need hit scan weapons. <laughs> yeah, oh, the Thargoids have beams. It just helps it if you like can drive up a the, barnacle or something. It just helps if you can drive the SRV properly. Which oh, I can't. I'm not out of turn, for God's sake. Uh, anyway, while you're while you're uh, evading your death, I will. Um, uh, we'll move on to the main discussion. Uh, so, continuing on for the. From the exciting things that have been um, been going on this week, uh, the um, actually I probably ought to quickly recap what those are for anybody who's been living in a cave. But um, we will play um, a little bit later a, uh, a summary from Wotherspoon and Beetlejuice that's, that uh, uh, that covers. Um, do we need to give a spoiler alert? We do. Yeah, I mean it's got spoilers, so yeah. But if you if you want to be brought up to date, or at least watch. The first little bit, so you find out where the the trail of breadcrumbs starts. Then that's a good good place to to look. Um, but uh, also, we um, we I guess one of the things that kicked it off was the um, uh, was the fantastic Anchorman ripoff that the community team posted on Twitter, um, which we ought to uh, which which we will put in the show notes as well. Um, which was I mean I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was the funniest thing that the community team have ever made. It was brilliant, and that was well worth Stephen doing 12 hours of driving just to get into the Frontier Studios to record that. No, did he? Yep, he drove from Glasgow to Cambridge and back again. Are you joking? Wow. No, I am deadly serious. Hold on, <laughs> isn't he not supposed to go? Has, has, has Stephen done a Dominic coming? Was, was he testing his eyesight? Yeah. I think, well, when Stephen left, I think they were allowed to drive and go from Scotland to... To Cambridge, that I is think, lunacy. Then I think they're being nice, but he basically drove from Cambridge, from, from from Glasgow where he lives, stopped to Cambridge, got some bits and bats. Apparently, he's picked up some more clothes and things like that as well. He was saying on today's lunch lunchtime but stream. Now he can't go back, and now he can't go back down to Cambridge again. Nice, good, yeah. Um, and then uh, we also had the uh, the transmission detected, the um, the very eerie and very Halloween esque. Um, audio transmission, which uh, I saw on Twitter from Frontier as well. Uh, yeah. um, a couple of Twitter messages there, weren't there? Yeah, yeah, really fantastic, really fantastic and eerie. So, anyway, broadly, we have um, uh, a new, we had a new Halloween mystery to solve. So, um, as part of that, we presumably that's why we've in, uh, invited the lovely Commander Calton here. Yes, this is precisely why we've invited the lovely Calton here. Well, you're on point today, aren't you, Sue? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. This is this is yeah. top-notch uh, Sue, research. Sue was saying, guys, I know absolutely nothing about anything that's going on. Can I host so I don't have to look like I know nothing and I can just read the show notes? Yeah, precisely. I, I did, I did so, warn you that this would happen. Um, I'm playing yeah. a sort of... 
Um, there's a there's a concept. You're pretending in... you're like Fozzer. Yes, exactly, precisely that. Um, right, okay. So, Commander Calton, how uh, what have Cannon been doing with regard to the uh, the Halloween mystery? Calton so, might not be myself, talking I'll to you after, you. What you... <laughs> <laughs> after what you've been saying about him. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I mean, currently, <laughs> most of us have been staring at a message full of random numbers and letters and getting quite frustrated. That's what we've been doing recently. Uh, <laughs> it's been driving us absolutely daft. Um. But yeah, um, so have, have yeah. the messages all been have the messages all been solved, or are there still uh, some that haven't? No, we've got one. We've got one at the moment that, as I say, is driving us potty. Um, there's a particular message that was found on a listing post, um, which, according to what we heard um, on, um, what's that show called again? Super Cruise. That's the one. Oh, Super Cruise News. <laughs> Super Cruise News. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was called for a second. Um, yeah, there was a little brief hint given that the, 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 we, we weren't entirely sure if that was actually solvable. We, we thought maybe it was like a like a, an error or something. But no, they reckon it uh, should be solvable is what we were told. So we are now continuing gnashing teeth and, and trying to sort it out. How many messages have there been? All right, so... There's been quite a few, actually. Um, it all started off, as I'm sure most of us are aware, when we found the mega ship um, about to crash into a planet. Um, and when we scanned that particular ship, we found a few messages there, uh, a couple of log entries with some just about legible um, star systems we could go and find. Um, and from there, it was, there was also like a, a Galnet news article, a local news article found on the space on the state nearby station. Stone's Legacy, I think it was called. Um, and it gave a hint as to where the um, mega ship had been or going to, which is, turns out it was going to uh, Bernard Star, uh, Bernard's Loop, sorry. Um, anyway, so the logs found on there tell you how to get to another planet um, using a little bit of calculating and guesswork and that sort of thing. Um, it was quite vague, but you know, you know, us guys at Canon are like, we're quite. T- t- <laughs> What's the tenacious. tenacious, that's the one. Um, yeah, so eventually we found this planet uh, with the uh, crashed Sindwinder on it. And that's where we started to find more clues as to what was going on. Um, in a nutshell, um, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into here, by the way. Uh, do it, yeah, absolutely. Just go for it. <laughs> we enough. are packed full of spoilers, listeners. Yeah, so if you don't she- want to be spoiled, tune the hell out. Yeah, this is pretty much going to ruin everything until the until where we are now. So uh, if you want to play along, just mute for a little while. Um, <laughs> so basically, the Sidewinder was piloted by a Professor Carver, who was the lead scientist on an expedition to the Colsac Nebula, which is where we were hanging about at the moment. Um, we identified that because of the clues given in the uh, logs mentioned as a nebula 300 light years from where we were. That's the only one there was. So, And the um, logs on the Adamaster basically told you it was a typical a type of star system with a particular number of stars in there. And I think it took a little while to find it. But eventually, they found the planet, which is where we're all on at the moment. Uh, how, how, did you find the, how did you find that planet? How did you work? Scat- scanning and lots of lots of lots of guesswork um one thing about the clues is they were enough to give us the right idea of where to go like i say it was 300 light years from where the, the um sidewinder was and the clues in the log said that it was 300 light years to the from the nearest nebula that's the only one in the area um yeah, okay. and it's not it's not a huge 
nebula. It's not massive, but there's, there's, there's enough stars there to keep you busy. Um, and the logs mentioned, uh, I haven't got it written down because I don't know why I didn't actually, but there's basically not mentioned as an M type star as well. File. Yeah, there's my log files here somewhere. We go. So it was a single class, single K class star, was it, or was it the M class? No, it's, single it's M class star. Yeah, yeah, with so a metal body planet as well. So we just basically scanned and looked around for anything that was similar to that, and eventually we found the right one. Yeah, and of course, once you find the right system, you, you'll then detect using the fss that there's something interesting going on yeah so that's where we found the base um and the base of course um has lots of lots more logs and it started to fill in the story um so the story goes that um this group of scientists led by professor carver who are hired by a company called um azimuth biologicals bearing in mind now this is 200 years ago so this is, this is nothing nothing new yeah. Um, so 200 years ago, they were hired to do an expedition to this particular planet. I suspect that Asmuth knew something was going on over there, but they didn't know what it was, hence sending these guys over. Um, so they sent them over, and they found something. And what they found was a crashed Thargoid ship. Um, and they recovered something from this ship. It's not specifically mentioned what it was. We think it was a Thargoid sensor. Um, yeah. those little cute things that float in space. If you've not seen one, they're very pretty. Um, and murder also what's that? A, bit, a bit murderous, and, yes, and a murderous. bit, a bit murderous, but they're very cute though. Uh, <laughs> especially if you put it, you, you, you just, just ignore the corrosive stuff, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I did like uh, oh, when uh, just call me Wendy made a Thargoid sensor or unknown probe plushie, yes. <laughs> Yes, you couldn't get much cuter than the plushie, could you? Yes. Um, so we, that's what we think it was. There's, there's no direct evidence to support that, but the logs made later on, which I'll get into in a second, they mentioned that it's quite corrosive. And the guys in the base, they said that when well, they put it into this into like a cage and it started to play havoc with the base systems. It was causing problems, shutdowns, data drives were reset, all these wonderful things. So yeah. it kind of sounds like what that was. Um and also, the Thard guys wanted it back, so they don't, they don't like it with their stuff, as yeah. I'm sure we're aware. Anyway, so they broadcast more logs, which, as I say, filled on a lot of the story. And if you if you cast your mind back to the beginning of all this, when we had the binary code um, and the um, message on Twitter from um, that 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 I'm scared standing voice, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Instagram. Oh, my apologies. I'm, I'm not au okay fait oh, with these social media the, things. The Twitter thing pointed us to Instagram. Yeah. Well, the voice on there was one Mr. Um, what was his name? Christian Murphy, I believe it was. Um, I have got a bit in down, but for some reason I can't find it. There you go. I'm, I'm organised. Look. Is that, yeah, a, is that a dev Murphy. or a, a character or what? No, it's a character. Uh, it's a character who is part of Carver's team. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And he was um, going a bit crazy. Um it sounds like he was driven mad by whatever it is that they were keeping on site. Um, so it wasn't just affecting machinery, it was actually affecting people as well. And he, as you heard, he kept repeating about the stones. He's watching the stones. Um, that is now clearly referring to the barnacle that we the, that yeah. found on the system, um, on, on the planet's surface. Yeah. So the logs were sent off apparently back to a hq back in the chuck chan system which we haven't quite figured that out yet um because we know that the azimuth 
Azimuth? No, the Adamaster. Um, that's where it originated from, but we can't seem to find any evidence of any HQ there, but I don't know if it's still there. After 200 years, it was called a different name. We know that it changed name to uh, a different company, which, again, I forgot the name of. Um, okay. But, yeah, anyway, I've got the name of it. But, yeah, so um, the company in question, if they sent out the Adamaster to go and pick this up, because, obviously, they, re- they received the message, and they were like, oh, we'll have that. Yeah, and they also sent along militia soldiers, which is a bit odd as well. So um, it sounds like they were wanting this pretty badly. Don't forget, of course, back in those days, Thar guys were not really a thing. They were basically a myth. They didn't yeah. really exist as well as such. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first Thargoid... This is actually pre-Thargoids, I thought. Yeah. This all happened in 3111. Yeah. And so, the first Thargoid encounter was 3125. Yeah. So this 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 could have all well I don't know if it definitely was knowledge for this but yeah way good knowledge. information <laughs> um, on screen in front of me. <laughs> oh well, that helps. You should pretend yes. you know it. No, it was it's much much easier. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, the Adamaster uh, got to the point where it was finding. It went to a, a listing post like I mentioned earlier in the um, Sinifee system, one of them anyway, uh, and. This is where the garbled message that we are still trying to decode came from. Now, from what we gather, again, from the logs we've received, is that it got instructions to go to the Colsac Nebula, pick up this item, and then take it off to a destination, which we would expect to be some sort of HQ for this company, which is what we're trying to find at the moment. Um, on the way, however, it, it did pick up the item. Um, it even left some of its own soldiers stranded there because it was so desperate to get away and take it, take it away and move. Probably because there was a Thargoid attacking them at the time. That would get you moving quickly, I imagine. Um, that is also mentioned in the logs. Uh, Murphy saw it happen and, um, yeah, killed most people, as you can imagine. Mm. And he was, left, he was left behind to go mad. So that was, that was, it. That was, it. That was his end, unfortunately. Um, yeah. In the meantime, the, this thing on the ship started to cause problems for the Adamaster as well. Um, hyperdrive started not working properly. Um, people started going a bit mad on the ship. Again, these are all in the logs you can find. Yeah. Um, and eventually, Carver had enough. She decided that she was going to ju- jump ship. Um, the hyperdrive had failed once again, um, and she jumped out. And um, it appears that, that was, that's the last time we, we heard from her. Um, and so, of course, we found the Sidewinder, as I mentioned, on, on the system. Uh, HIP-69. No, HIP-69200. Right. It didn't get it didn't get as far as Chuck Jan. That's that's as far as they got. They from what we understand, again, this is this is slightly hypothetical, but the evidence does support it. It wasn't going back to Chuck Chan, it was going somewhere else. Okay. Um that's that's the key thing. We Chuck Chan was its original starting point, and from what we understand from the the original story that we got from the um the Pilots Federation was that it was going the autopilot took it back to its original position, not to where it was actually supposed to be going. Okay. Interesting. Is that, yeah. So yeah. that's where we are at the moment. We're, we're trying to decipher this this uh, message left behind by this listing post, and we have not a clue. Not so a you're clue trying to work out where the Adamaster was trying to go. Not that's where right. It, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We, we. That's the only thing we don't really know is um, what. Why was it going there? What was it going to do there? Was there something? Is there something we need to know there? Yeah. Well, because it because because it was. It was transporting what we think was the Thargoid sensor, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you see, is it's not on the ship anymore. So, so 
there's kind of a Wayland Utani situation where the 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 insinuation is that there's this that, that whoever now owns the Adamaster wanted to harness this Thargoid technology for themselves and had redirected the Adamaster there, but we don't know where it is and we don't know where their base is. Is that is that correct? Well, the Adamaster was attacked uh, by Thargoids, from what we can tell halfway yeah. to where it's going um and we suspect that's why it's in such a bad shape now because there's not much left of it if you look at it it's completely ruined yeah okay. um and we suspect that they retrieved whatever it was they were carrying again we suspect that's probably a, a thargoid center or something along those lines yeah so we still want to know where the adamaster was actually going to what where was it headed and is there something still there Interesting. Um, is it? Uh, am I right in thinking that it's not just thargoid sensors that have the corrosive effect? It's basically no, any any no. thargoid object. Yeah, thargoid sensors, thargoid links. Um, they're the they're the two most common ones. We are only guessing it's a it's a sensor. Yeah. The only reason we're we're guessing it's a sensor is because they were the first things that we found anyway. Obviously, they're the first things we saw float around the, the galaxy. But yeah. more more because it's the only thing we can think of that would drive Thargoids mad enough to try and attack things and get it back. Because don't forget, Thargoids have not proven themselves to be entirely menacing. They are more defensive yeah. Um, yeah. in their nature. So they are fiercely protective of their own stuff. So that's why we think they attacked the, the Adamaster in the first place. But again, it's all supposition. We don't know for certain. But uh, attacking an entire megaship over one Thargoid sensor seems a little extreme, considering that they considering that they let human ships escape or um i mean you know i've had thargoid sensors and i've been been attacked by thargoids and just and just flown away so like it it seems it seems quite extreme that they would that they would go uh they go that far to retrieve one thargoid sensor i, I guess what i'm driving at is that it, for a target as big as a as a mega ship i would have thought that it's um it would you know, it's easy to imagine that it would be something that's more important to the Thargoids than a single Thargoid sensor. Mm, and that's why we're saying we're not entirely sure. There are some other odd things that's mentioned in all the logs, etc. For example, how it's driving people crazy um, and the the sheer amount of damage that this one thing is doing. Yeah, we don't melt ships quite, you know, for breakfast. That's no problem. But to, to, to wipe out practically half a mega ship is quite impressive. So, yeah, yeah we're not entirely sure. It's, it's just a guess. But you know, maybe something will come of this. We just don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Um, quick shout out to Commander Maskimi ECC, sorry, um, who's now hosting us. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, sorry, Sue, for just sort of jump in, last couple of questions. So, regarding their motivations, um, I'm just wondering whether they, they feel like have reduced their response level to us because we've nicked so many. They're kind of like, well, we know what they're going to do with them, and they're not a threat. Yeah. Would this would this been the first time that humanity has picked up something like this? In which case, the Thargoids would go all out because they didn't know what our response was going to be. It certainly seems to be one of the the, the first recorded interactions. Yeah. Um, but like I say, we don't know if there's anything previous to that. Don't forget, if you remember, way way back, we found Thargoid ships crashed that had clearly been there for quite a long time. So we don't know if that was a result of the Guardians or if it was a result of something you know, more, more recent. We just don't know. But yeah, there does seem to be a lot more. I remember there's a Thargoid crashed ship on this planet. Yeah, we don't know how that happened. Yeah. Um, there's, there's literally no indication of how old it was. It's, it's old enough to have calcified. We know that much. It's, it's 
far guys do calcify over time. Interesting. So like it could, you know, it could be part from uh, a remnant of the the, the old uh, Guardian War, but we just don't know. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, the um... can I ask a quick question? Go. On. Do you guys have any idea why the Adamaster might have been sent out in that? You know, because the Adamaster wasn't coming to the Colsac region; it was redirected mid mid cruise. Yeah, so what we think's happened is that we, we know that Azimuth hired the scientists in the first place. They they sent them to the, to, to Colsac to try and see what's going on. I, I suspect they maybe they found a signal or something. I, that bit isn't made clear. Um, the Adam Master, um, yeah, we don't know exactly why it was because um, the, the 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 news article that we I mentioned that was in the uh, local Galnet news on the on the station. Um, it was interviewing an old private investigator from um, I. Uh, what are they called? Um, it's an old. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of them. I have it down somewhere again. But anyway, it was it was uh, for five minutes ago. Did some digging in to try and find out what it could be, and he came up with the uh, this old um, planned route. I'm going to guess it's from the station um, that basically said it was fueled to go towards the Barnard's Loop area. So that's how we know it was going there. Why it was going there, yeah, we don't entirely know, but we do know it was likely re- it was redirected to go to the Colsac area. So, yeah, we're not sure if that was its intended destination. We had to go there to get this signal to make sure that no one else could find out where they were going. Um, we do know that they sound quite shady, uh, quite a clandestine movement. The, the, again, the notes mentioned that Carver was heavily in debt. Um, and it sounds like she sold her services to Azimuth just to clear the, her debt, basically. Not the sort of thing that uh, you know, a prominent scientist would do normally. But, um, yeah, so they're, they're definitely a bit shady. They, they own the Adamaster, as far as we can tell. Um, so we know that they own that ship, and they're the ones that told it to go to this unknown destination as well. Interesting. Um, what's, yeah, can, can you... Hearing... Go on, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing people speculating about... The club and all that kind of tinfoil hatty stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is there a, is there actually any evidence, or is this just people chucking on tinfoil hats? The tinfoil uh, is strong at the moment. Yeah, there's. I, yeah. I, I haven't. I, I haven't spoken to every single member of Canon because there's quite a few of us. Um, but there from are... what I from what I understand, uh, the general consensus is we we don't think so. There's no obvious link to that. Um, however, as I said before, we don't know a great deal yet. The the only information we've got is from Carver herself, um, and and Murphy. There's no other logs from anybody else that I we've, we've had to find so far. So we're only getting one side of the story. Um, so mm. we don't know if maybe Azimuth is is a was a name for something to do with the club or something along those lines right. uh, or they Some were kind of hired by them yeah we, yeah we just don't know it'd be interesting to find out i think yeah, so okay. just just a thought um do you think this narrative is in like an integral part of the plan or do you think they sat down a month or so ago and thought oh let's do something for halloween we, we definitely it, it, thought yeah, we definitely thought it was just a one-off to begin with because it it didn't it go ship. I mean, come on, seriously. Um, however, the, the 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 indications that that FDev have been giving out in very teeny tiny tantalising little slices kind of in, 
it might be part of the whole. We know they've got a lot of stuff planned and we know that they're trying their hardest to bamboozle us for one thing um, because we, we cracked the binary code before it was even posted. Um, we did, <laughs> yeah, we did that. We know, uh, As you recall, they posted blocks of the binary code every so, a few hours or so. I think we did it in four and there's like two more blocks to go at least it was it wasn't that difficult um <laughs> and they, they didn't like that so they've i think they've tried to in, increase their puzzling for us of it um that's not to say that it's just for canon of course um it's we, we just happen to break their codes all the time they don't like it um but yeah we don't know we i, I i'd like to think so i'd like to think that this is the beginning of a massive storyline that's going to encompass everything up to um odyssey um who knows? Frontier don't tell us anything as it is. So, you know, <laughs> we just don't know. Yeah. My, my tinfoil hattery is this is leading up to uh, first-person Thargoids because we've kind of seen leaked images and things of various Thargoids. Yes, I know some of them were from 2014, but there were subsequent ones that came out afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering whether the this is all part of a, of a long game so that when Odyssey comes along, we fight Thargoids on foot. Well, let me give us some food for thought then. I've said all along with uh, that Canon more or less are slightly in agreement, although that's never never conditional, uh, unconditional, sorry, um, that it's a Thargoid sensor. There's entire possibility it could be a Thargoid that they captured, and that, you know, the actual Thargoid from the centre of the ship. We don't know anything about their physiology, and we don't know if they could survive that sort of crash. Uh, but it would certainly indicate they need a cage, which is what they refer to it as a cage rather than like a box. Wow. Well, they, okay, that's interesting. The Thargoids are actually in- attacking somebody at the moment. Uh, Go, Ben. Thargoids. Yeah. Ben, he's down there. <laughs> no, they're running away again now. Um, no, I was thinking that there was a, um, it was on a site. I think it was one of the Dark Wheel sites. I think it was, or something to do with that. I can't remember exactly, but they talked about when they created the mycoid virus mm-hmm. and they had live thyroids there, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Did. And I'm wondering then if if it was a when, live thyroid because they'd been working on the mycoid in subsequent years. Yeah, I mean, this, from my understanding, this is, this has all happened before um, in this time, so we don't think they're linked directly. However, that's definitely not to say that there's not some sort of distant link between then and now, or then and way then even. Um, so yeah, it, it could it could be something along those lines. It, it, it'd be interesting to find out because I mean we aren't, we do know that Thargoids are definitely living beings. Um, we know that they're separate from their ships, or at least we are. We, we're, we're sure they are, um, but we know the ships are organic, of course, as well. They're like living creatures, as it were. Um, but we yeah, the, we, we don't know that the ships are piloted, though, do we? Well, okay, so we haven't seen a pilot, obviously. If we had, then this would be a whole different conversation. But um, the central part of each ship kind of gives the impression that it is like a cockpit of some description. Like I, yeah, I, I agree with yeah. that. But it could just as easily be an eye. Oh, no, that, absolutely. That is true enough as well. Um, one thing that I think we do try to do is not look at old-fashioned lore too much because way, yeah. way back in the old days of like Elite Frontier 2, remember absolutely. that game? Awesome totally game. You know? Uh, and and FDiv, I believe, have mentioned they're not they're not quite following the old school um, storylines. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Nah. Yeah, I think um, the, the the codex. I, th- I think what we can take as canonical is the codex, and the codex is is unequivocal that 
Thargoid, uh, Thargoids are mainly, the, the, you know, the vast, the vast majority of, of Thargoids are drones that have no real value to the to the societies as as a whole. Um, and and individual Thargoid queens are comparable to to humans or or exceed humans in in intelligence. Um, if if the Thargoids were going to attack a target as large as a megaship to mm. to get something out of it, I know where you're going. <laughs> they wouldn't do that for a drone. We the, that's yeah. We, the, we co- the codex that. the codex talks about drones being as throwaway as toenails are to us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, unless, uh, yeah. It's unless. been mentioned. It's been discussed. Um, again, there's no concrete evidence that whatsoever, but it would make compelling gaming, wouldn't it? It really would, especially if the queens had the ability to um, to to psychically disturb people on the ship i think i think from memory the codex um the, the codex entry on thargoids does talk about the way that they communicate and i'm pretty sure it's it's um i'm pretty if not uh telepathic it, it's some it's some non-verbal way of communicating that that we wouldn't use so the well, idea that it's gone sorry no, no, I, I it's a tiny bit of lag. I thought you finished. My apologies. Um, I was just going to say that um, the logs make a bit, a lot of reference to infrasonic um, disruption, um, which is like a low frequency humming type of sound, and that seems to set off whatever it was they captured. Yeah, um, and it wouldn't be a, too much of a stretch of imagination to think that Thargoids don't like engine noise. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah. we don't, but <laughs> you know. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mac. Yeah. And I was thinking, unless there is a possibility, certainly with the early, I mean, this is just sort of wild, rampant speculation here. There's certainly the possibility in the early days when Thargoids and humans weren't known to each other, the Thargoids might have gone after a megaship to get a drone back because they didn't want the humans to find out too much about them. So it was an information denial exercise rather than the drone being particularly valuable to, to them. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thought, that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a great deal of sense. It could even be a, a Borg mentality where they can't let go of one of their drones because it's, it's part of one of the whole. Although yeah, they do, they do, they do they tend to not care if they die or not, so I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're supposed to have the fear glands removed, aren't they? <laughs> that's that's nonsense from that's, <laughs> that's from the very first book that's from the dark wheel uh the the yeah. pdf ten thousand worder i think um but, uh, but yeah, the information was, didn't... physical printed copy back in the day was it oh, okay I read yes it, it, it shipped copy. it shipped it actually shipped with the original 1984 elite as it a did, yeah. Physical oh, so it did. yeah yeah uh sham sorry yeah i was just thinking um because all this talk about hive minds and queens um, with telepathic links and stuff like that. I, I wonder if the answer to the Thargoid War is to find an eight-year-old boy training him up and then let him play out the Thargoid War as if it's a computer game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe this is... Maybe the creation of Elite Dangerous as a consumer product is just basically Ender's Game but crowdsourced. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the science shows that your minds are blown. Yeah, I, see, I was thinking last Starfighter act. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Right. Okay. So, um, does anybody else have any more questions for Calton on this specific mystery, or anything else that they'd like to speculate, or any any headgear they'd like to fashion out of tinfoil? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm interested in Canon's. You know, ha- 
this is obviously the first time we've seen any kind of anything from Frontier in a while. What's yes. Cannon's reaction both to this and the very long hiatus? Ben, do you remember the scene from the first um, Austin Powers film where he's uh, where where Austin Powers okay. is, where he's he's first of all um, Doctor Evil and then Austin Powers are defrosted? Do you remember that scene? That's basically what's just happened at Canon. <laughs> imagine dipping your toe into a very warm pool of piranhas, and imagine mm-hmm. Canon of the piranhas and your toe is is stuff that's just happened. That's exactly what's going on right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've we've. Let's put it this way. I think I, I forget the figures now, uh, but I do know that thousands of people have joined uh, literally over the last month. Um, the amount of messages that we've we've had coming backwards and forwards is in the Discord channel insane. So um, there is a hunger for this sort of thing. Obviously, the old school um, Canon guys. Well, yeah, they 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 were on like um, in Cryos pods for the time being, and they've just been defrosted. Um, <laughs> and then we're, we're all good to go. Personally, myself, I actually more or less stopped playing for a couple of years because there's, well, there's nothing to do. Um, and yeah. I'm not the sort of person to just go around just shooting people for no reason. I'm, I'm not into that. Um, and when it, when it sort of died down a bit, I was like, nah, do you know what? I'll just, I'll wait and see what happens. And of course, the, the moment, the literal moment that Galnet came back, I'm like, right, where is it? It was Canon. Gotta go back. Gotta go back. And uh, actually, on the, on the very first day, I was dragged back into the podcast that I do as well. So that was that was good. Um, did get a, <laughs> get thirty minutes before I was dragged back into that. Um, so yeah, there's a insatiable hunger there, um, and we're all hoping this is going to go on for a very very long time uh, because, quite frankly, I think they were just bored. To be honest, the player numbers just... um, the player numbers supported as well. Do you do you feel like you, you said you've had thousands of new joins? Um, do you? I, I feel like when a community is Particularly the elite, the elite community. When when it uh, there was a period for a couple of years where new, where sort of communities or identities were springing up to cater for certain needs, and Canon became the the conduit for scientific inquiry in Elite Dangerous, and therefore Canon's membership is probably a reasonably good proxy for interest in the game. Do you feel like the massive influx of players in the last month that you've had is? A, do you think that's indicative of the health of the game generally and the fact that this year we've seen the highest player numbers ever? I think so. And I think it's especially down to the fact they finally announced more details of Odyssey as well. Um, one of the complaints that I heard time after time is that while Elite is a massive game, the, uh, you know, there's not a great deal to do apart from the obvious. And I think now that there's stuff happening again, like Galnet and this, this Halloween event, um, it's reignited the interest of people who may not have wanted to get involved with it before if they'd have played it before. Plus, of course, they've they've combined Horizons into the main game as well. Um, and all the stand is a fiver. I think it was a, it was a fiver. So it still is a fiver now. But definitely it's a fiver on humble. Still yeah. a fiver on humble. It's a ridiculous okay, cool. deal. Um, and if you haven't got it yet, by the way, get it because it's a good time to get involved. If you haven't got it yet and you listen to Wave Radio, you are really, really sad. <laughs> hey, there might be people out there who haven't got Horizons yet. Yeah, well, I, well, no, I mean that's not true. If they've got, if 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 they, um... oh, okay, fair enough. I'll shut up. I've told you I've been gone for a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that thing doesn't exist anymore. There's no longer such a thing as somebody who owns Elite Dangerous, but not Horizons. No, this is true. Yep. Uh, Sham, I, I was just thinking that actually it's a good omen, if you like, for the future, because previously 
cannon would solve whatever frontier threw at us in about 20 seconds. So they've clearly upped their game to produce something that's got you guys stumped for a couple of days. Well, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that historically the average. I mean, Calton can can correct me here, but I'm my my impression is that it is very difficult to gauge the 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 challenge level of a large group of people. And historically, things have either been solved very 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 quickly, or have taken ages or not been solved at all. Well, it's just a matter of getting the heads around it. I think because I remember the first time the what well, what the time the. Um, the probe, I think it was, was discovered, and it gave off this signal, and no one knew what it was. Oh, and then, and then eventually, it was found to be the um, the coordinates of the vector points, I believe it was, of the ship that was scanning it. So, you know, that that took a while to do. It did and, take a while, yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I, I just think it's great that I think at this, at least this time round they appear to have got the balance correct because, as we've just heard, interest in this is really peaking and people are joining in simply because it's taking people longer to do it. Calvin, what's your impression of the trajectory of challenge with these things? Oh, yeah. I mean, I joined Canon way back um, just after they discovered the the first probes Um, and I was, I have to be honest, I was floored by... Not only the technical genius of the Canon guys who solved the, the, the original problem, but the fact that FDEP put so much effort into making it. Um, yeah. it the one where the probe scanned your ship, and then if, once you figure out what the code means, you can actually recreate it back into ASCII as the, the shape of the ship that was scanned. I mean, yeah, why they did that, I never did figure that out, but it was stunning detail. Um, but yeah, the, the amount of effort that Canon guys put into this problem solving it goes way beyond what you'd expect in a typical game i mean I, I, again cast your minds back to when they we had the uh, the link probes and they used those to lo- locate the positions of thargoid bases remember yeah. that yeah um not only did we obviously figure that out eventually which was again stunning work uh, that was not an easy task that did take some time but when you've got so many clever people working on this stuff um, you're bound to get an answer. Um, and I, it does seem to make a difference, the amount of people who are working on this sort of stuff, because somebody's going to come up with a good idea, somebody else is going to run with that idea, and before you know it, you've got hundreds of people working on that idea and eventually coming to a conclusion. And I think it does make a difference if the puzzles are hard enough to keep that interest going. If It's like if you, if, if all the puzzles were as easy as the one that we for the, for the, uh, the binary code, um, we, we'd be quite smug, but it wouldn't be much fun because obviously we've solved it in 30 seconds and then we're dropping our things ready for the next thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good indication of things to come. I'm, I'm hoping that they're not going to make it impossible because that's not fun. We, we need to know we're, we're getting somewhere. When we're, we're really frustrated with this puzzle right now. Really, really frustrated. Um, <laughs> we did get to the point that one, uh, uh, sometime this week we just thought it's not actually a puzzle. We thought it's literally just a garbled mess that means nothing. Um, but each know, even then there are still hundreds of people who thought, no, no, but what if it's this? Yeah. And that, that is the magic of Canon. That is the magic of the people all working together, regardless of how impossible the odds seem to be to find something. And it's, it's magical to watch really is. There's another color point. I'm just interested to see how you've solved this, where, there's a saying of uh, too many chiefs and none of Indians where everyone you know, is yeah. contributing stuff and the theories become so wrapped up in themselves, it kind of loses focus because there's simply so many people looking at it. 
Oh, we've had people coming in giving us the wildest of ideas, some, some fantastic ideas. Do, do you know the thing is, is that no idea is, is ridiculous if you can discount it. You, you got you know anything? What Sherlock Holmes once said that you know if if it's not the truth, if it's not what was it? It's Africa. I'm so tired. Now, I forgot what he said. But, <laughs> but basically, what he wants that a thing. What he's basically what he's saying is that you know if it's not if it's not that then it must be something else. Sufficiently. Um, yeah, oh, you know God. what I was going to say. I know, I know what you're on about. Yeah, find, yeah. Find the quote. Jack, something. Eliminated everything else. Then, no matter how unlikely. That's it. Yeah, that quote. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember the exact quote for that. Yeah, I can't remember now either. But that is essentially what it what we do. Um, People that's what comes razor, isn't it? Once you've uh, once you've eliminated, you know, once you've eliminated the improbable, what's left improbable to be the truth. Do you know? It's the opposite. But Occam's razor is is something that you can't apply sometimes because it's not always the most obvious solution. Um, This. This this message. I don't know if you've seen the message or not. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. Um, no, it's not Occam's Razor. Sorry, I've just googled it. Of course, it's not. No, <laughs> but it's okay. You're like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a new saying, though, isn't it? If Google doesn't know, make it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Google certainly doesn't know this. Um, but yeah, if you look at the message itself, it's literally just a bunch of random letters and numbers. But well, they say the, I say it's random, but they they kind of look like something, and you think, yeah, but it could be something like that. I mean, we've run it through every single type of encoding you can imagine, um, and it's just so tantalisingly similar to something, but you just don't know what it is. And what I think will happen, this is my own personal belief, is that now we know that it is probably something that can be solved. Somebody is going to come into the into Canon and they're going to come up with this ridiculous idea and it's going to be exactly correct because that's what I think is going to, the, way, the way things happen. We, we don't know everything. We, as a collective, we know most things, but as individuals, we, we're quite stupid, I'd imagine. Uh, well, I am anyway. Um, but as a collective, we, we, work, we work really well. So it doesn't really matter who comes into the room. We can have thousands of people talking. We have had hundreds of people talking at the same time. People might come in, might be listening to this right now, and they've come into Canon, and they've come into the room that we discuss this sort of stuff in, and they may think that we've ignored them. I promise you, we probably haven't. It's just that we we are we we. It's impossible for everybody to 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 acknowledge everybody else. I've said so much stuff and then got blanked. I don't think it's because they hate me. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I suspect not. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I there's a reason they sent you here, presumably. I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love me. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> you just want a quick enough runner, were you? He wants to be on a radio and he wants to sprint to the door. And <laughs> yeah, somehow I got slapped with the title of of Canon Media Representative. I don't know where that came from, but there you go. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's um, definitely come and visit us. Come and join. Come and come and do the whole hello. We want to join sort of thing. We will see what everybody, I say we, if they didn't say we, we, I mean we as in the whole of people in that room. Not like it's not a select few of us when there's only, it's not like six of us um, who do all the work. That's not the way Canon is at all. It's a, it's a collective. And as a collective, um, everybody will look at everything else that somebody says. And if something else comes up and looks interesting, somebody else is going to go, hmm, maybe that's it. And then it carries on from there. That is how we solved stuff. That's how we did all the other puzzles. There was never one or two people that did all the work. They yeah. they saw something or they thought to themselves, they mentioned it, somebody else said something else, and before you know it, we, we, we've we sold everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. almost everything. 
Uh, Jonathan Teatime says, Holmes said that once you have eliminated all other alternatives, then what is left must be the answer. No there you go. Improbable. There you go. Um, ben. Yeah, I was just wondering, actually, just to briefly maybe take us back to the Instagram message. Dope. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you had the obvious binary that was obvious. Yeah. Uh, or obvious to anyone who's seen ASCII was ASCII. But it, I don't know, but it felt like there was a, a, a sub layer in this yeah. message. With the it is some, yeah, it's something we've worked, we've looked at, and we're working on, and we haven't found anything conclusive at all. I, I originally thought maybe the 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 the, the, high, the brightly coloured um, binary codes might be its own binary code, but unfortunately, it didn't come yeah, to anything. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, do the different colours of binary give their own unique messages? But as you say, no, they don't. We we, we don't know. We don't know. No, say I, I didn't oh, say that. No, 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 they don't. In an obvious fashion. No, but that doesn't mean to say that that's not part of the clue. We, I, I yeah. think, I think what we're kind of thinking is that it's out of game, and anything that's out of game doesn't tend to be something that is used in the game. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Completely. So, mm -hmm. yeah, external clues. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I can't remember every single puzzle we've ever solved, but I'm the only. Um, well, not even even the spectrogram. Um, that one was in game, but we had to use an external tool to decode it. I still have nightmares about that bloody thing anyway. Um, but <laughs> I, I, let me, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. It's a spectrogram with a little circle with a couple of things sticking yeah, out of it. Yeah. I, have the, I have made a mug of that because it drove me so dark that I thought I've got to commemorate it somehow. So I now have a mug with it on. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I look at it every time and shiver occasionally. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to get do the same thing with this bloody code and put it on a mug as well. But yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm pretty certain that this particular puzzle is probably going to be solved with the stuff in the game, but we may have to use external tools to solve it. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, okay. That's can, you, can you remind us what the... Uh, for people who want to follow this through right from the beginning, what is what was the starting gun for the um, for that, for this this mystery? What, so was, there was, what was the thing that kicked it off? Yeah, so there was, a, there was basically a message. Um, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter. I think on Twitter was... I really can't remember now. I've been watching that long... But there was a message sent by um, a mysterious person who was talking about the stones and uh, they're all dead and that sort of thing. It's like a message about we didn't really what it meant to be honest. And it was um, there was a picture of a ship um, with a planet that we we, we actually are trying to identify the planet. We haven't come up with anything yet. Um, oh. But but basically the message then led on to um, this the Halloween special that they broadcast. Um, and then it all led on from the Instagram um, posts of the binary codes. Um, yeah. But the big event was when they actually, it was announced after the uh, Thursday update when we had the megaship appear. So you didn't miss anything if you weren't seeing the um, binary codes, et cetera. It all happened at the, uh, with the megaship coming. The, 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 the thing about the stones, actually, to be fair, it, that, now I think about it, it was actually quite a big clue uh, because it does mention the coal sack. Um, so that was our first indication that's where we might want to be looking, but it was it's a big place. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't like we could find it. I think the idea was to give give people an idea of what they might be looking for. Stones could have been the Guardian Stones, could have been Barnacles, could have been Asteroids. We weren't really sure. Um, there's even a station in Chuck uh, Chan called Stones Legacy. So that's where I went. Um, didn't find anything, of course, but the, you did find the um, Galnet news article. So these things that do all link together. I will yeah. say that Frontier or FDev currently at the moment, um, they are very, very good at intertwining everything. 
there doesn't seem to be anything that's not supposed to be there or doesn't make sense or is extraness. It seems to be everything's important. That's really cool. Um, are you Ed, sure the message doesn't say Paul is dead? Sorry? Uh, are you sure the message doesn't say Paul is dead? <laughs> uh, ben, did you want to chip in about the Canon podcast? Yeah, I was just wondering. So, you know, you mentioned that you're, you, were, you were and are on the Canon podcast. Yes. What is the Canon podcast? Where can we find it and how can we listen to it? All right. <laughs> so the, the Canon podcast, um, I started that off way back. It must have been three years ago now. Um, and I won't go into my own personal details because I never, I never followed it through, unfortunately. Um, but we started the Canon podcast. It was just an idea um, to basically keep it all in, in character. There's nothing outside, not like Lave Radio, for example, where you guys talk about everything and the game. Um, we kept it all in game. Um, and if you go to the so Canon, a bit more like Savvy. Yeah. If you, if you if you go to the Canon uh, Media YouTube channel. Um, you'll find they're all there. So when I I did one show, it, it was all right. I mean, I was getting used to editing and that sort of stuff. But the, the guys who, but again, the magic of Canon ha- never ceased to amaze me. Um, me and a couple of guys, we just happened to mention it in um, one of the, the chat rooms. Just, just you, know, in the, you know how it goes. I imagine that's how Lave Radio started. You just thought, oh, do you know what? This might be a good idea. You know, here you are like 20 years later, wherever it's been now. Um, <laughs> um, and we did a little show. It wasn't live. It was a pre-recorded thing. I did my bit. And I got people, we got people to like do little pre-recorded snippets. And it was fantastic. There was some really good characters in there. I had to leave personal reasons. Um, but there's also a thing called CFN, uh, Canon Faction News, which a uh, certain Commander Larzok, uh, who you may have possibly heard of at some point in the past, uh, he was an excellent newsreader, and he carried on the show in my absence. And then, as you can imagine, once Galnet kind of stopped doing stuff and there wasn't much to talk about in the game, there wasn't really any any calls for a podcast, so he just didn't bother. Um, then I came in, like I said, one day, not that long ago, um, and immediately two of the people that I used to work with said, oh, oh, you're back after two years, but this is two and a half years, this is, by the way. Oh, you're back. You can do the podcast again then. <laughs> I was like, what? What? what, what? <laughs> I don't know, you remember who I was? Um, and, yeah, so there it is. Is there an answer to that question? Hmm? Is there an answer to, are you doing the question, doing the, doing the podcast again? Yes, uh, there is a question, and, and we have done two episodes so far. Um, we're doing it live because we're stupid, um, but uh, <laughs> <we're>, so <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, we've done a, a standard po- podcast where we it, it's when it all, when Ghana all first kicked off, and there was all the the stuff about the assassinations and the the attacks on the, the start the stations and all that. We we tried to talk about that. We we, we dragged it out. You know, it was fairly interesting um last the last episode we did just a couple of weeks ago uh we had um a xenobiologist in canon on that was excellent um if you want to listen to that it's really good it talks about all the stuff you can find floating in the galaxy or the fault uh the the the, the, the what do you call them the not just the barnacles but all the brain trees and Instead all the other things you can find stuff. yeah all, all of it all the stuff in space the, he uh, flora Yes, I'm, well, yeah. Yeah. Thank I, you. I, I, i've never gone to find any of the stuff at lagrange clouds i've really oh really do you wanted. know what now I never did either, and I'm going now because the way that I I can't remember who it was. I can't, I can't remember if it was. Um, it looks I, so I really, sh- yeah. I really remember the guy's name. Um, go to go to the go to the podcast and you'll see it there. But yeah, it's a, the stuff he he's found is a tremendous. He's, he's catalogued it all. Um, it's all available on, in Canon's Discord. I think it's all on there. 
Uh, but yeah, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Um, there's e- there's even the possibility of a um, the beginning of the Thargoids, possibly where they may have started from. There's like a, a I think I can't remember the called now, but these spidery little things that you f- find floating in space. Awesome. And they've got, yeah, it's all sorts of stuff. It's amazing. But yeah, um, so yeah, we are doing it now. We're not. We're, we're trying to do it maybe two or three times a week. Um, uh, two, no, we're not. We're trying to do two times two, one or twice a month. Is what I'm trying to say, um, depending on what <laughs> what's to talk. I know. <sighs> Depends what to talk about. Um, and we're trying to make it into like a, a proper in-game radio podcast type thing, broadcast from um, was the gnosis, but obviously that's now being de- decommissioned. Um, so I'm doing it for my caveat at the moment. What's that, sorry? The notice is now a tour bus. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah. Sad. Very sad. We we, we want to we wanna commission it back into service now. There's actually science to do again, but uh, the Pilots Federation have none of it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, right. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to Community Corner. Um, um, one thing, sorry, Sue. I want Ben to open fire right now. Come on, Ben. Shoot it. Shoot the Thargoid. It will, it will help you. Shoot the Thargoid. They love being shot at, Ben. That's how they, that's how they communicate. If you shoot at them, it means uh, if, you, if you fire three quick shots in quick succession, it means I come in peace. And shoot to kill. <laughs> you, do, you don't know this poor Thargoid is actually bugged doing nothing. Oh, dear. Anyway. All right. So uh, let's paper over that crack. Um, Ventura, can you uh, give us three adverts, please? Natural remedies have always been some of the galaxy's finest, so when we discovered a wholly natural way of slimming down and reducing your appetite, we had to share it with everyone. Harnessing the amazing powers of our native parasitic life, we've solved an age-old problem. Vegas Slimweed has been used by settlers of the region for decades with undeniable results and significant health benefits. If you think that Vegas Slimweed could be the solution you're looking for, speak to your doctor today. Travelling with Vegas Slimweed ingested may constitute smuggling. Please check before your journey and declare yourself at customs for an internal search. Failure to digest does not constitute grounds for reimbursement. Side effects may include but are not limited to increased blood pressure and heart rate, insomnia, nervousness, blurred vision, restlessness or headache. Some forms of parasite may cause stomach side effects like constipation, dry mouth, nausea or vomiting. A small sample of patients exhibit full body paralysis, catatonic state and internal hemorrhaging. Parasite must be purged before pupation, else death will occur. Attention, attention. Lave Station Informational. We interrupt your broadcast to bring you essential system information regarding the planet Lave. One of the oldest colonies of the sector, Colonial Deep Space Cruisers Herschel and Oberon reached the system designated L-453 in 2412. The star system was at that time, unique, a single super-Earth type planet in orbit within the exact habitable zone of a single orange dwarf star. No other planets or sizable bodies existed in the system. The planet's rotation took just over 20 standard hours, and the gravity was close enough to 1G for the difference to be unnoticed. Lave is a trading center for this region of unusual systems. Through some unexplained quirk of nature, all these systems have just one inhabited world orbiting a single star. Lave was most famous for its vast rainforests and the Larvian tree grub. Much of the rainforest has now been cut down and the famous tree grub is now extinct. Lave Station is the galaxy's oldest serving Coriolis. It was commissioned in 2752. The Type 9. Change the way you wash your hair forever. 
You're listening to Lave Radio, the hottest show this side of Dizzo. Welcome back, Commanders. Um, yeah, we've been talking about how to get the pod- Canon podcast, and we're trying to convince Kelton to turn it into a bunch of MP3s and things like that, so you can actually download it onto your podcast player and listen to it in all its glory. Which would make it eligible to feature in our community corner, which is opposite, because that's exactly what we're moving on to now. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> Uh, so, the Turning the Wheel, the Dark Wheel Initiative, spearheaded by the raffish uh, Kaizen. Um, ben, can you, uh, can you bring us up to speed on this? I, uh, once I turn my microphone on, I can do. Sorry, I'm taking... So, the Dark Wheel. Uh, at the moment, ticks are running a bit late. Uh, so, who happened? Uh, the Dark Wheel's trying to escape out of T- Turdinetti at the moment. But they might get out tomorrow. They may not. Who knows? We'll find out. They've landed on a new system from the previous expansion and are doing okay there. Everything's still continuing to grow, and hopefully with this expansion out of Tadetti, they will maybe get to Lave again. We'll see. Uh, the expansion that's just happened was their first step on the way to LFT509. Lovely. Excellent. Uh, great stuff. Um, Mac, can you tell us about uh, the next release from Sagittarius Eye? It's tomorrow. It's coming out tomorrow. Um, it's tomorrow! Yes, we have beautiful cover artwork by Beetle Jude uh, on the front of the podcast. The website's already to go and the switch to be thrown tomorrow afternoon, I believe. Uh, that is correct. Just don't month... look at the back of the podcast. Sorry? You know, the, front, the front of the podcast is gorgeous. Just don't look at the back. Yes, well, quite. Um, the this month we headline with the Carcosa War, which, if you don't know, probably because you're not in Colonia, is a it's a long running and fairly um, and fairly. There's there's lots of controversy, put it this way, um, the, between the two sides. Uh, it's been going on for a while. Mine. Yes, a veritable salt mine. So we have. We have tried to. I'm sure somebody's going to be upset with us for this article because it's difficult to write these articles without upsetting someone. But we've tried not to upset anybody, if possible. But um, yeah, the, the we, we lead with the Carcosa War because it's it's an inter- it's an interesting player event, basically. So we want to cover that in the universe. Talking of the Dark Wheel, um, the second part of uh, well, it's probably going to be a third part one day but certainly for, for now two-part article on turning the on the spokes of the, it's called the spokes of the wheel it's about turning the wheel the turning the wheel initiative and the dark wheel and all that kind of stuff uh last the last um the last installment talked about where the dark wheel came from and this is this installment we're talking about where it's going uh who are the people behind it all that kind of stuff so uh, and then t- t- actually talking about all these life forms that people have been find- finding, the uh, Banana Nebula expedition is uh, is basically a search for life in the notable stellar phenomena. So they've been the the uh, the plucky members of this expedition have been out doing that, and that was a uh, that was uh, a guest contributor by Commander Raf von Thorn, who's leading up the this particular expedition. Uh, 
and we have the eight wheel drive endurance championship so a bit of a, a review of what went on there is one of our intrepid writers donned their srv and went screaming across the surface of a planet uh mostly not in contact with it because apparently the best way to win these races in an srv is something called fliving yep so uh, that, that's basically that that's basically what we got about it. It's and it's it's an absolute corker of a of a of an episode because we have quite a few of the articles have um, interviews and that sort of stuff. So there's it 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 was it was a bit more work than usual because of course we've uh, each article instead of just being one voice actor sort of doing the thing, it's had to be several to do the interviews and the different parts of different people. So, yep, it's a good one. So. I would say that because I'm biased, but um, <laughs> you but, should yeah. do it. Humans that like Elite Dangerous, yes. But the uh, but yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's an absolute cor- corker as usual. So yes, go download it tomorrow. It'll be on your favorite podcast service like Spotify and various others, or you can download the MP3 from the website, which is uh, www.sagittarius-i.com. Yep. Good stuff. Um, we also have uh, we have a cracking video from Andy X uh, about speed bowling at The View, which is a pretty famous planet uh, with high gravity from memory, um, which we will pop in the show notes as well. But um, it, was, uh, it was apparently lo- both lovely and hilarious. Um, and considering that um, we have uh, the next speed bowl event going on uh, later this month, which is called New Grounds, and it will be speedball. It will be the fourth speedball event. Um, this is actually quite a uh, quite an opportune video. Um, so speedball uh, is taking place on the twenty first and twenty second of November um, at the View, which is uh, in HR six one six four. Um, and Andy X's video is a cracking introduction to the discipline of speed bowling. Uh, one of my very very favourite things about uh, the Elite Dangerous community. And um, and also a, uh, a useful introduction to the location as well. Um, questions? Do we have any questions? Do we have any questions to answer? Anybody who was here last week? No, we don't have any questions to answer. I believe. No. Okay. I want well, to see if anyone can can tell me how to get off, get unstuck at my ship. I seem to have impaled myself. Ben, <laughs> you, ben your your ship looks like that train. I got stuck on the hand in um, Holland, in the Netherlands, earlier in the week. They got stuck on a whale tail. That's right. They got stuck on the whale tail. That's right. As ben has done the uh, elite equivalent of getting stuck on a whale tail. Yeah, pretty much. Um, if anybody you haven't can help story, Ben you? learn how to spaceship, then please do write in and let us know. In the meantime, you can kill him, and that will get him off the spire. <laughs> that is true. Right. Um, all right then. Uh, does anybody? Before I go on to the shoutouts, does anybody have any more business? Uh, I thought I, was there was there another piece of business I can't. Oh yes, oh. there is another piece of business. Yes. What were you going to say? Would Would you like to share it? I, I was going to sorry, Ben. <laughs> Shan, what are you going to say? I, I was going to say, um, do we know if Mister Musk has replied to David Braben about his tweet? Well, it was a about- PM, so they're not going to tell us, are they? I don't know. I don't know if anyone who's uh, like 
heard anything about a response. Oh. It'd be un- unlike, it's unlike Elon Musk to keep anything quiet, isn't I it? I haven't gone and hacked Elon Musk's Twitter account just so I can see what he and David Braben are talking about. Be, he might have ignored David Braben. Who knows? I, I can't imagine he would, though, because apparently he quite likes Elite. Not necessarily Elite Dangerous. Oh, uh, message in Discord, unless, uh, unless Ben is going to pick it up. Go on, Sean. You take it. You take it. Um, yeah, did we do a shout-out about uh, episode 19 of Data Slate? Have absolutely no idea, and I don't even know what No one's... Is. Yes, you do. You know what, you, we know what Data Slate is. Data Slate is Alan's book podcast that he's done. Excellent. Um, so there is episode 19 they, of that. Yeah, but they haven't given us any notes about it. We don't know what they've said in it. But yes, it did. It did drop earlier in the week. Do we and have a Do we have a, a URL for that that we can drop into chat on show notes? Uh, if we do, we haven't been given it either. But it's probably just going to be laveradio.com. Uh, there you go. Maybe, so if you maybe. if you want to catch the latest episode of Alan Stroud's book podcast, then head to lave head to Lave Radio. It's available. It is on laveradio.com. Uh, yeah, and we've got here Data Slate episode eighteen and nineteen. Aha! Here we go. Here I've got some. I have some blood as well. From the podcast, from the uh, post, Data Slate episode nineteen, in partnership with the British Science Fiction Association, Data Slate returns. We're your book review podcast with an all new lineup of podcast participants. This week, BSFA chair Alan Stroud, author and BFS Horizons editor Shona Kinsley, and author Kevin Elliott talk about ceremonies and books. Um, we we do have more, but that's do we? Um, yeah, and then and today in the, this office, they've got the nominations list. And uh, also, Keller, Kevin Elliott's blog, Where Is My Flipping Tea? <laughs> I, appro- I approve of Kevin's blog. Um, and Kevin Elliott is actually a, a lovely person who I've known for probably coming up 15, 10 to 15 years now, uh, independent of Live Radio, each other for a long, long time now. Uh, Monday, the 2nd of November, also uh, sees or saw 20 years of humans living on board the International Space Station, which is uh, pretty exciting. That's pretty impressive, really, isn't it? It's almost its own generation ship. I know they've not been on it all the time, but the space station itself demonstrates we are capable of making something that is able to uh, sustain life for that long in space. So that's pretty Mm. cool. Indeed. Uh, all right, any, any more for any more? By the way, if you... Uh, the, the International Space Station sometimes transmits slow-speed television, slow-scan television. Uh, it's usually the Russians who do it, but if you have a radio receiver which can do... Uh, you'll have to look at the um, RS0ISS webpage, but there is a it's 140-something-odd megahertz FM uh, and the decoding, a slow scan TV decoding app, you can actually get images from time to time. They usually do it to commemorate something. So it wouldn't be surprising if they have some kind of commemoration coming up with a little SSTV event. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, whoever let Ben off, he stopped firing at the wrong time. You had his shields down, you had him getting the hole damage, and you let him escape. Oh, wow. Venturis has pointed out that this week on the 6th of November uh, is the 8th anniversary of the, Elite, of the Elite Dangerous Kickstarter announcement. Eight years. That's incredible. Ow. That, that is remarkable. Oh, Miggles is still shooting at me. 
Well done, Meagles. Keep going. Ran in the Keep it up, Thank Meagles. you, Meagles. Uh, and with that, I will move on to our shout outs. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursdays from 8.30. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or just for the audio at radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, uh, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me forward slash elite dangerous CQC. Um, and uh, I'd like to thank those commanders who have chipped in uh, on Discord and in Twitch. Um, and uh, and the brave Commander Miggles for doing the right thing and shooting Ben. Um, He's letting escape. Oh, rubbish. Uh, apparently we have a song after... We've, we've got Galnet News next with the lovely uh, Commander Wotherspoon, and after that we apparently will be playing a song called In the Name of Science by Commander Toko. So um, that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com Hit us up on facebook.com forward slash Lave Radio. Tweet us on at Lave Radio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io forward slash Lave Radio. Um, we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thank you to Ben. Thank you to Shan. Thank you to Mac. Thank you to the lovely Ventura. Thank you to um, special guest Calton from Canon. Um, and until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that... What, what, what? Kaizen is giving you five pounds. If, Are what? you desperate for a fiver? Ah, I love fivers. Some of my best friends are fivers. Um, Elite Week is a lovely thing for your ears. Uh, it's made by a man who delivers or organs for a living, and um, you should definitely listen to it if you like spaceships. And they've read out some of my stories as well, so they're good in my book. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and they also, they, uh, last week's episode, they had the absolutely awesome... Um, Oh, down to earth astronomy on, and that was brilliant. And you know, down to earth astronomy is great, and Kaizen's awesome. So, yay! It was an awesome episode. Well worth to. Elite Week is really, really good. Um, anyway, uh, until next time, the American version of, of Elite Danger of Lave Radio on, <laughs> <laughs> or at least they tried to be. It's an unusual thought. Uh, and like Etienne Dawn, he has piercing eyes. What uh, okay, he's saying Kaizen, Kaizen is. A dis is a descendant of Etienne Dawn, is that what you're saying? Uh, ancestor, surely. Ancestor, sorry, ancestor, surely. Yeah. yeah. Ancestor, yeah, sorry. What reward does <clears throat> Kaizen give out for live specimens? Does he does he engineer your ship or your car? <laughs> <laughs> Considering his job, I don't really know if you want to know this. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? That's dark. That's so dark. <laughs> Tien Zen. <laughs> Kai Dawn. <laughs> On that note, uh, until next time, commanders, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Roll them. Is your life like this? It's almost like having an orange inserted. <laughs> Uh, this, this.
the safe one. scientists uranus is full of methane gas i think you're right though colin what have you done with shan and when can we have him back Gamlet news digest 2nd of november 3306 we read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup, Cannon stumped by mysterious message. Marlinists celebrate federal citizenship. Ashling's flight of mercy. Cannon stumped by mysterious message. Much has been discovered about the megaship Adamasta since it was brought under control last Thursday. A number of locations that it visited have been identified and a coherent narrative has been formulated from the fragments available to us. However, one piece of the puzzle remains an intractable mystery. A message, believed to be giving instructions to the megaship crew, has so far defeated the finest minds of Canon Interstellar that have been trying to turn it into something meaningful. The message confuses even Amy, the artificial intelligence behind Galnet. The message reads 8BF GTY 4PLU 67-RTY 06 stop 45 colon GN 63-74PHGJI space E67- colon F 563-21-574 stop 9 space CR34 stop 6 dash DER8 plus WESTU stop 5 space dash RTG10 space RTH8-4 space 6T stop WR45642-21 space plus G134 stop 2 space RT55 stop 4 space GDW space THE42 stop Stop 1 LY space 764 stop 2 Y dash 45 TG 4 stop BTJ dash Y stop 60 RT 437 stop 1 D 341 dash 67 stop Y 5 DS space 243 space 45 TY dash 3234. The final intended destination of the Adamaster, if it still exists, may be specified within that cipher. It is possible that we shall never know what it means. 
Marlinists celebrate federal citizenship. Exiled Marlinists in federal systems have been celebrating the offer of citizenship made last week amid escalating tensions between Federation and Empire. The Empire has been demanding the return of its citizens to assist in the continuing investigation into Republican terrorism being carried out by Senator Denton Petraeus and the Imperial Internal Security Service. Imperial Ambassador Imogen Luciana appeared to suggest that the Federation might experience terror attacks similar to those seen in the Empire in recent weeks if the Marlinist refugees, which she characterised as neo-Marlinist terrorists, were not returned. The Federal response was to repeat its assertion that the Empire is committing the unacceptable and totalitarian suppression of free speech. It is not known exactly how many Marlinists escaped from the clampdown on political dissent in the Empire, but it is believed to be in the hundreds of thousands. A massive humanitarian effort last week ensured that the refugees did not starve. However, there are concerns that the Federation may not be able to bring forward its aid package to ensure the continuing well-being of so many refugees in the next few weeks, raising the possibility of civil unrest. Taken together with the rapidly deteriorating diplomatic relations between Federation and Empire, seems likely that the galaxy is entering a period of political turmoil. Ashling's Flight of Mercy Her father was ruthlessly gunned down by Republicans on the 14th of September. So is it any wonder that Princess Ashling Duval dropped everything and flew across the galaxy to care for her cousin? Like her father, Mad Prince Harold, Imperator Hadrian Duval was struck down by a terrorist attack. But unlike Harold, with Ashling's help and with liberal applications of the wonder drug Vitadine Nanomeds, Hadrian survived and is being cared for upon her imperial interdictor by Princess Ashling. Ashling was unable to help her father, who had been on his way to visit her in the wake of the starport bombings, so it must have come as some comfort to her that she was able to come to the aid of Hadrian, who, like Ashling, is a rival to Emperor Arissa. Both Ashley and Hadrian believe themselves to be the true emperor. Both harbour a supreme distaste for the current emperor. Both would like to see a shake-up at the top of the empire. They may have small differences in their political views. Ashling is forward-looking and reformist, whereas Hadrian wants to go back to the glory days and make the empire great again. But with Ashling caring for the invalid Hadrian, who knows what plots they may hatch together. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.
The Red Planet Taxi Service have recently moved into the luxury liner market, and their flagship, Big Red Taxi, has been plying the space lanes in Wolf 25 for some weeks now. We join Trace and Chantal in the food prep area on board. All right, Chantal, do business class and you do luxury this time, all right, babe? Tea, coffee, coffee, tea, tea, coffee, coffee, tea, tea, coffee, tea, madam. Thank you, madam. Enjoy your tea, madam. Tea, coffee, coffee, tea. Oh, but I have an orange juice, please. Tea, coffee, coffee, tea. Oh, yes, but I'd like an orange juice if I could, please. Tea, coffee, coffee, tea. Oh, okay. Uh, tea then, please. Tea, sir. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your tea, sir. Tea, coffee, coffee, tea. 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 Tea. Before you get all sorts here, smells like it too. Murph, horrible stains, marigolds. Who's that? There you go. Donkey dick. It says here. Next. My dear man. Like an obese child. No. It's the 34th century. Fix that. Patient. Nada. Sounds with Jesse, because it is Michelle. This is Beyond Dockers. Beyond Dockers, a mockumentary podcast available at bs-dockers.com. Also on iTunes. Thanks, guys. See you.